Welcome to the Fem Powered Podcast. I'm Julieta Durante, menstrual cycle nutritionist and hormone whisperer. And I'm Nat Martin, menstrual cycle coach with a passion for all things premenstrual and periods. This is a podcast to help you navigate the world using the menstrual cycle as your compass and guide. We'll be chatting to industry leaders and women who inspire us on everything from money to sexuality, business to hormone health. Honestly, the list is endless because the menstrual cycle shows up literally everywhere. But let's be honest, we live in a world that wasn't built for and doesn't value the menstrual cycle. We are here to change that. We're here to help you learn new things about your cycle and inspire you to bring them into your life so that you can show up in a way that honors your natural rhythms and enhances your inner power. It's time to stop feeling guilty about being inconsistent and struggling with your cycle. So if you're ready to unpack its gifts, let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Fempowered Podcast with me, Nat, and the lovely Julietta. And I'm really excited. I say that all the time, but I'm really excited um, <laughs> because today we're chatting to Claire Baker, who is magnificent. She's my mentor. She's the other half of the business duo um, of the Heartful Biz with Bienda Maria, who we've also had on the podcast. And so it just feels so beautiful to have her here. Claire is a cycle coach trainer, could you say? She uh, she runs a cycle coach school, um, certifying brand new cycle coaches like me. I've come through that school. She's uh, a woman's coach. She's an author. And she's just amazing. So welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a bit starstruck, which is silly because I, I speak to you really quite often, but I'm like, oh, she's Hi, Claire, welcome. Oh, thanks, Nat. Yeah, we probably speak most days in some way or another. Um, but yeah, it's really an honor to be here with you both. Thanks so much for asking me to come and have these conversations with you. Mm, we're so honored to have you. Yeah, absolute pleasure. And um, we always like to start the podcast with a little cycle day check-in. So, um, yeah, handing over to you, Claire, let us know where you are in your cycle and what the vibe is. (laughs) Um, Yes, gosh, so interesting. Of course, it doesn't surprise me that you asked that, but I am surprised by my answer because I don't really know, actually. And I think... I think I'm day 21 or 22, I think 21. And I can't remember when I last had such little awareness of where I am in my menstrual cycle. I've been through a really big, um, uh, like, I don't even know how to describe it, like a personal development, shamanic, sexual, spiritual process in the last month. And it's incredible how these kinds of experiences take you to kind of into another dimension and I still like I'm I'm still figuring out kind of still coming back into my body a little bit so I know that I'm definitely just over a week past ovulating um so I'd say around day 20 or 21 22 and um again slightly surprising answer I would say typically around this time in my cycle I'm really starting to feel my energy wane and it is like I'm sleeping more already. I can tell definitely there's some progesterone in my system. I'm definitely sleeping more and feeling like quite cozy, even though it's quite hot here at the moment in London. I'm like 
feeling the need for coziness. But there's this really playful, quite maiden-like energy in my body right now, which isn't typical for this point in my cycle. I get a bit more moody and like wild woman-y um, typically here, but there's this really like light, sweet, yeah, very playful and silly energy. And um, and I suspect that's some of the emotional clearing I've done in that process I described, but also it's it's freaking hot here in London right now. And it's just like summer and it's like, I just don't want to be at my desk. I just want to be outside playing in the sun and like going to festivals and dancing and just being really reckless and silly. So um, that's how I'm feeling today. And, and that's why I suspect I'm feeling like that. Mm, thank you for that. And oh, there's so I think we could probably do an entire podcast just on what you have shared with us already. But so interesting because we had this conversation when we had our previous guest, Sophie Jane Hardy from Red School, and she didn't know where she was in her cycle either. And, you know, I think this is a really wonderful thing to bring up is like, even when, you know, when we're really like firmly like anchored in this work, sometimes we lose track of where we are and that's also okay. And then, like you say, bigger things come along, like deep spiritual initiations, but sometimes also just work comes along or life comes along. Right. And all of that is, is, is perfect and beautiful and fine. And so, so wonderful that you've also mentioned that, but also I, I think it's the summer thing, right? We also talked about this, like the, the cycle is experience is very different depending on what's going on outside temperature wise, season wise. I'm in London like you too. And you know, like it's, it, this is overtaking everything that need. I don't want to be at my desk either. So thank you for coming today. <laughs> really honest <laughs> it's only because it's you otherwise it'll be like hmm, do we have to do this podcast today <laughs> so so interesting how that experience you know of the outer seasons impacts the inner season experience and that maiden energy and everything so yeah thank you so much for sharing all that oh we could go in really deep straight away but let's Nat where are you my love what day are you I'm on day 17 today and I had a bit of a surprise I thought I ovulated at the weekend a headache just really fatigued and um and just feeling really crap mm. and I haven't had that in such a long time and as I lay in bed the last thought I had was I think I might have ovulated today <laughs> and when I woke up that was confirmed or at least my body has tried to ovulate I won't know for a few days so today today I actually feel quite clear um I feel like I'm able to live my life <laughs> again whereas yesterday it, I mean it's really hot here as well um in Germany at the moment and yesterday it just felt like wading through treacle it was just it was just like oh I can't do it and today by contrast I feel like I've already gone into my my inner autumn I was saying that yesterday um in a cycle check-in um, with Claire and the cycle coach group, I was like, I feel like I'm already in my kind of autumn. And that's exactly how it is for me. I feel clear. It's like, oh God, that, that part's done. So um, it's a, a bit of a surprise to me. And it's a bit of a reminder that um, this, this little vulnerability that I have in my cycle of, of struggling with ovulations is not healed um, it's never, I would never say that it's healed. I know how to work with it. I know how to balance it out, but I also know that my self-care regime has changed. We've spoken about that on this podcast as well, when I'm bleeding. And so I'm having to look at how I'm treating myself, 
um, to make sure that this doesn't become the norm again. So it's kind of, I've had a little bit of a, today it kind of feels like a bit of a remembrance of like, ah, yeah, this is like what I need to do to take care of myself. So yeah, that's where I'm at today. Thank you for sharing. And mm. um, yeah, it's funny, we were laughing about this before because I'm also ovulating and it's taken us about a year to coincide. <laughs> got there in the end. Oh, we got there in the end. We've always been on opposite ends. And um, I'm actually having one of those really like, oh, just full of the joys of life, you know, like, but I think it's also because of what's going on outside. So it's so sunny and it's it's pure summer, you know, and that's really, I, I actually feel that my body's responding to that rather than the other way around for me. Um, so that's what it feels like. All of a sudden, I'm just like back in the room. That That's the, the phrase I've had all day. I'm just texting you. I think I texted you earlier now. I was like, I'm back in the room. Like, <laughs> Just need to tell everyone, by the way, you know, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very much how I'm feeling, but also being aware that this is not a permanent state and it's okay when this starts waning. This is not a state I want, I need to or want to be in the whole time, right? So really moving through it mindfully and enjoying it, but being okay when, you know, I can't basically smash out three newsletters and two posts and everything else in two hours. That's absolutely fine. And this is why this time is here. Um, so yeah, no, just, um, but it's, it, it does feel good. It does feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm, it's also a very big super moon outside right now too yes right? so it's just like whoo, intensifying everything. yeah <laughs> ovulating with the full moon Ugh, a lot not my vibe <laughs> a lot not my vibe it's pretty extra yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's so many avenues me and Julieta are like what do we want to talk to Claire about and there's just so there's so much because you are just, you live your life in such a cyclical way. And for me, I've always found you to be like a very rich, when I said magnificent, that's really what I meant. Like you really, there's like this real, um, like realness to you. And so I think I would love to know, and I've heard like bits and pieces of it, but I would love to know, and probably our listeners would like to know as well, like what has been like, how did you get here? What was your journey? And maybe, yeah, like, were you always like this? I mean, with the cycle, not obviously, because you have to, like, you know, we all unfortunately have to learn this way of cyclical living. But it seems that for me, it always feels like there's something a little bit deeper than just the menstrual cycle awareness that you have. There's like a real underpinning. It's the same with Vienda. I had the feeling as well, like there's this real underpinning of who you are that seems to come along with the cycle and so I would love to know like who are you where do you come from how did you get here <laughs> how did you get to be very good at right now yeah what a great question um so when you were just describing that like part of my that part of myself that you can see um the word seeker came into my mind I've definitely always been a bit of a weirdo. Like I've definitely always, do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I've always been somebody who is, who has like, yeah, who is seeking to find something. And I think, you, you know, you could use the words like depth or meaning or like, you know, a sense of like, 
purpose or aliveness. Like there's, you know, there's just always like a sense in my being of like really wanting to, I guess, you know, fully um, make the most of this whole life experience. I've always been really aware of the fact that um, even from like like a very small child, like very aware of death and very comfortable talking about it and just acutely aware of the fact that I am alive and I will be for a finite amount of time. And I think that that does, that's a huge part of my personality and it, and it has propelled me forward to seek out all kinds of experiences and to learn as much as I can about who I am and to be really curious about, about the world and about other people and it comes and goes, you know, it's not there all the time. I think, it, you know, like you were saying, Julia, so you can't be in one kind of state of being all the time. And I think it would be incredibly exhausting to be in that seeker energy all the time. But I will say that it is a pretty big part of my personality. And um, growing up in like country, you know, Australia, in a very, you know, small town, pretty homogenous, pretty white, pretty middle class, pretty you know, beautiful, very, very beautiful land. But um, I just, I felt like so much restlessness in me, like wanting to travel and see more of the world and, and meet different kinds of people. And so um, yeah, I've traveled a lot. I've lived in a lot of different places. Um, and the cyclical work for me was really like um it just, it was like the final piece in the puzzle after years of really taking great care of my health. I've always been very, you know, aware of the fact that in order to have these experiences and in order to really live a full life and be creative, um, I needed to be really be well. And I've had a number of quite serious health scares at different times in my life, which have helped me to, to really land that. Um, and so, you know, there was like the well-being piece has been there for a really long time and taking care of my health. Then, of course, you know, I grew up in a very Christian household. So there's always been a sense of having faith and, uh, you know, spiritual like relationship with myself and with divinity and, and the world. So these pieces were always there. And when I really, when I discovered the menstrual cycle awareness work and menstruality, it really just brought me, it brought me home to my own body and my own life experience and helped me to, like, it gave me language to talk about like these quite shamanic ideas, I guess, around death and rebirth and, and being alive and being present in the phase that you're in and transitions and the fact that everything is transient. I guess all of these things that have always made a lot of sense to me. Menstrual cycle awareness, A, yes, it helped me with my period pain and my like PMS and, you know, having post-pill amenorrhea and all sorts of stuff. The very practical um, aspects of being in a body that bleeds. But the, it also just, yeah, just gave me this language and a community of people who shared these this kind of seeker energy and, and this cyclic wisdom. It feels so ancient and, yeah, um, so it's always been there. But it has definitely evolved and taken taken shape. And I think people still who I grew up with probably still think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty weird. And um, and there's loads that I grew up with who totally resonate with me as well. So I feel very connected still to like, who I've always been in these various incarnations. So that's one way of telling the story. The other one is that, you know, I was on the pill for a really long time, came off it, had heaps of problems <laughs> with my womb. 
And, and that led me onto this path of, of training to become a coach and then guiding other people back to their, to their own body as well. So there's a couple of, you know, different ways of answering that question. Thanks for that. Thank you. I'm really, one of the things that I was really struck by, and it's something that I struggle with as well, and I'm, I'm quite sure that there'll be um, some of our listeners who, who can resonate with that. When you've grown up in a, in a particular faith or with a particular religion around, um, stepping into the world of menstruality can feel quite it can feel quite challenging, right? Because we're, we're talking about something that is unknown and hidden and unseen. And especially when you're looking at Christianity, I mean, I was also raised in a very Christian household. And of course, it's like the whole story of Eve and, you know, being just the, the, the ruin of like the human race, basically. <laughs> so when you're starting to do this work and you start to revere the female body and the female form, it can, for me at least, it, it sometimes has kind of brought up this real conflict of like, well, what is what what is what is true, and like, what what is my opinion? Where do I where do I fit in on this? And 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 menstruality because it can be your own spiritual practice, right? Depending on what your spiritual what the word spiritual means to you. Um, for me, menstruality is actually my spiritual practice. And I would love to, because you've spoken before about, you know, that you, you, you really dove into Christianity yourself for a while. And I know that you've also done work with people like Shane Marie, who's, you know, for some people maybe very triggering if they're coming from a Christian background, let's say. And there's so much imagery around the menstrual cycle. There's the, the, um, the enchantress, you know, there's the symbolism of the snake for the female form, all these things that can be quite, Um, triggering for people who have come from a certain background. And I would love to know, like, how do you reconcile these different parts of yourself? Because, you know, there's this, there's the menstruality side and almost that, that that shamanistic side and the practices that we do and, and, you know, having been in your trainings and through your journeys and, um, and then there's the side that has this, this, this underpinning of this faith, of this religion. And I would love to know how, how do you reconcile all of these things, all these parts of you? Um, the honest answer is I actually still haven't reconciled them. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anything, I think I'm, that's another curiosity that I might have for the rest of my life. I, I really subscribe to the idea that no one really knows much at all when it comes to why we're actually all here and how we got here and you know even you know faith in the divine and um I'm wary of anyone who claims that they do so um yeah just to give a little bit more background so I you know I, yeah, I grew up in a Christian household but I also very had a very 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 strong and I believe quite very real relationship with with Jesus and with divinity. I mean, I, um, my first tattoo is on my left arm was a Jesus fish and I got it on my 20th birthday because at the time I believed that that was the only thing that I could imagine would ever not change. It would remain true for me for the rest of my life was my Christian faith. And I would say not long after that, it all kind of began to unravel (laughs) Um, but in a really beautiful way and it unraveled because like you said, Nat, I started to learn 
and understand more about the way that the Christianity as a religion has, um, you know, from my perspective, hasn't valued um, the feminine and, yeah, the stories and, you know, tales like the example of Eve and Lilith, like, has often been demonised. You know, in many spiritual traditions there is um, an understanding of the divinity and masculine and feminine energies and, and it's, in Christianity, it's it's very, again, from my perspective, you know, you're either the virgin or the whore, you know, the Madonna or the whore. Like there's not a lot of room <laughs> for the full spectrum of um, feminine expression that I was encountering within myself as I moved through my 20s um, and began to explore my own darkness and which was really healing for me to be able to do that. And I and had a number of years of being quite angry at the church and being quite like pissed off at this shunning. You know, I learned I learned some about Mary Magdalene and some of, you know, the ideas about her work with Jesus, her relationship with Jesus and, and her own gospels being denied and, and all sorts of different pathways that I've tried to like you say, reconcile it, like really, really wanted <laughs> to reconcile, to reconcile it. And um, I even, I found deep comfort when I learned that the Jesus fish that I just described it was, is also, or perhaps even was earlier, a pagan symbol for Yoni. So it is like a symbol of the feminine, You're right? And I was just <laughs> like, that was a really, that was a really special moment. I even made a Facebook post about this talk. So I was just like, oh, yes. Like I really craved that reconciliation and that sense of understanding. I, I have to say that more recently I've become more comfortable with the fact that I don't know if I ever fully will because there's a lot about the teachings of Jesus Christ that I I just adore and I love and you know, I feel that like divine masculine energy deeply comforting, like being coming more familiar with the, with divine feminine energy has been a huge part of my journey for the last decade. But actually like there's really, there's something so soothing in that presence of the divine masculine too and of of god as a as a father figure as well and of and of jesus's you know beautiful teachings on forgiveness and um loving caring for our neighbors like we would uh, you know ourselves and caring for all spectrum of society you know he was like the og inclusive you know dude like he was so such a beautiful man um so, yeah, I, I'd say I'm still journeying with it quite regularly even up until, you know, this present day. It's, it's still something that I'm playing with. There's a church around the corner from me that I walk past and I think oh, maybe I might just pop into a Sunday service soon and just, like, reconnect with that part of myself. It's also something I will say that's come up as I've been doing menarch work, so looking back at who I was when I first began bleeding, right, which is something, you know, as you know, that we do, a lot in cycle coach school isn't you know we, we talk about really like who were you at that time when you started bleeding and what powers were arising within you what were you curious about and god at that time in my life I wanted to be a pastor of a church like I wanted to be working in the church and and so you know this is where they're interwoven because the menstruality work has in some ways actually brought me back to those desires that I had as a child to serve God um, 
so yeah I think I will go to a service sometime soon and enjoy the music and have a sing-along and to spend some time with that presence and then I'm sure a million questions will come up around the church's attitude towards homosexuality for example and like you know the way that women are depicted and like how does this you know I struggle so much with the way Christianity just does not acknowledge other faiths <laughs> you know there's just no room for, for most for most denominations for other types of faiths to exist and these are the things that I struggle with the most and that's when I get really angry with it and just turn away so yeah the answer is not reconciled but um but certainly it's been a really important part of of my life so far mm. <laughs> I can really resonate with a lot of what you're saying and you know because I also um I was never baptized but I grew up in a very Roman Catholic I grew up in Gibraltar which is like 90% 99% Roman Catholic I went to a school I did all the um rituals for communion for everything I was never never actually did the actual um events themselves but I prepared for them and there is a very deep it's it, it, you're so right when you said that you know like as this girl on the cusp of womanhood this is such a big part of who you are and yeah and all those messages because the altar I, I believe the messages of Christianity are so beautiful you know like Jesus and all you know for me the way I reconcile it is like there's Jesus and his messages and then there's everything else that came afterwards <laughs> and I just ignore or you know if I'm going to get angry I focus on that bit but thank you for bringing all that up because it's really ooh, made me think because I'm doing more stuff more exploration of my menarch and and who I was and I started bleeding when I was very young and there's a lot of work that I want to to move through but I'd never ever thought about this whole side of the little the good Catholic girl that wasn't a Catholic mm. that's really fascinating and and I'm still really drawn to like Catholic iconography I absolutely love like beautiful renaissance paintings of the virgin mary like i love them you know there's there's something about that that's so 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 deep so um thank you for sharing that because that's really made me think and i um yeah mm, mm. Gonna, gonna go away and do a bit of journaling on that and and mm. explore it and uh, i absolutely love going into a church and just mm. sitting there and just like oh you know yeah so thank you really mm-hmm. oh lots of lots of things to think about Nat, did you, did that bring anything up for you? Um, not really. I mean, I, I grew up in a, in a Christian household. I mean, if, if you've ever been in a Jamaican family for any length of time, <laughs> they take it very seriously. And, um, and it's also, it's very, they're very superstitious. So for me as a, as a teenager, actually, at that time, my, 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 fam- my immediate family wasn't really in the church so much. It's always been a big denomination of our family that have been. But for me, around my menarch, actually, I didn't have that much to do with the church. Mm. Um, and I've always kind of resisted going anyway, although it's, it's, it's a faith has always been there. But for me, the kind of like organization of it has always been a bit far away but I definitely find that just you know the more I'm delving into this work and the more yeah the more I'm going on certain visualization meditation journeys and and seeing things that for me that I you know I kind of feel comfortable with it but there is this question of like ooh, (laughs) like what's that mean then because this isn't like direct opposition to 
to what we're told. And it's, I feel like it is like, Claire, I really loved it when you said that you felt the comfort of the divine, the the divine masculine, because Mm. obviously when you do so much work in the divine feminine and and feminine energy and feminine healing, it, it is really needed, right? We're really like in a massive deficit of that. But at least for me, at some point, I really kind of realized, okay, that's great, but you need the, the masculine as well. Like you really need it. And, and as you were describing that, I kind of just had this, um, this, this image or this feeling of like being held by, I'm going to say a man, because that's what I felt like being held by a man who is so safe and so strong and in his divinity. So there's, there is a real like tussle happening um especially as my family or you know my my mom in particular is becoming more religious so there's very interesting conversations happening <laughs> um but yeah it's around for me with my menarch it doesn't really bring anything up it's been more of a as i've been stepping into the the let's say the wild woman energy for me that is like getting into the the whore aspect if you've got that binary of of madonna and and whore then it's like that's the whore whereas the madonna would be like ovulation and in the summer and stuff so it feels like it's less of a menarch thing and more of a something that's actually fitting for this time in my life which is yeah really very interesting but yeah no one knows so mm. you know <laughs> no mm. one can be right no one can be wrong i love it yeah, I know that there are some great teachings on, um, you know, the supposed relationship that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had being a, like sexual, sacred, romantic, like loving, pleasurable relationship, which just makes me so happy. Like I love thinking about that, you know, like the woman who was cast as the whore in the um, gospel actually being Jesus is not, you know, his equal and his lover and um for me the sex piece was a huge part of my like distancing myself from the church because the messaging was just so strong and clear about not having sex before marriage you know the the purity like staying pure not shit not being in relationship with other people who weren't in the church like not sharing that energy out you know with with anyone who wasn't also a christian and um you know as somebody who has always been a very sexually alive being since a child um I struggled so much with that and and I think that was probably what drove me away was not necessarily the shame that I um, definitely I carried some shame from the teachings from the church but it was also just like my desire was stronger and my like my curiosity was was stronger at that time. Like I, I wanted to play and explore and get to know my sexual self and allow, you know, and I'm and I'm still, you know, gosh, 15 years after that, 16 years after getting that tattoo, I'm I'm still like unraveling some pieces around that. And again, I suspect I might do that forever. But I often think, you know, it's such a shame that Christianity is so black and white when it comes to sex because I think it's real. It's to its own detriment, you know, I, I believe. I think it really lets itself down in that department because it could be integrated so beautifully into its teachings. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we need to write a little on some letters. Yeah, just a little, just a little yeah. note. Just yeah. some, <laughs> some feedback. Just got some feedback. 
I know it's a very, it's a very off topic conversation almost, but I think it's, um, it's the conversations that I've had offline with people. And so I'm, you know, um, yeah, I, it came out because it had to come out and I really loved the, the I think it's actually quite current right now, Nat. You're not the first person to ask me this week about it and it's something oh, that wow. okay. I speak. Yeah, no, no, no. I, and, I, you know, it's interesting, like, looking at, and we can move on, but um, there are some quite well-known people in, like, New Age spaces who have been very successful in, you know, teaching about, masculine and feminine energies and divinity and and angel cards I mean I'll just name Doreen Virtue is somebody who has moved from like teaching in a similar space that we're talking about to becoming very evangelical in the Christian world and so I I do think that there is this sort of weird tension in some dimensions that I find myself in with Christianity and um, I think it's a really I think it's a very current question actually so I'm really glad you asked it. Mm. yeah I I agree actually I've 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 also been having similar-ish conversations and I feel it's also tied into things like the rise of the right wing in certain countries and you know this this kind of perception that right wing equals you know hardcore Christian equals women having no control over their bodies and that's very topical just now you know and it fills me with anger and despair but you know I don't want to slip into that us and them narrative you know I like you said Claire like there's so many dimensions to this it's so complex like it's very easy to go oh these people these people are just ignorant or whatever and it's it's not because all three of us in this conversation have Mm connections with Christianity in some shape or form you know and it's it's complex but we're women working in menstrual cycle awareness spaces so what does that all mean you know it's so it's but it's so nuanced and so just like oh you know but I think yeah I agree yeah I think it's becoming more and more of a of a of a conversation and one that is important to have Mm. Mm. so yeah (laughs) you heard it here first (laughs) it's all connected like you say the wombs you know talking about women's rights over their bodies and their wombs that's very topical right now particularly in the states and yeah yeah, and there you are right julia there is a very us and them narrative so i think it is healthy to bring these things out into the light because it's not that cool i think in some spaces to say that you love jesus or we think he's really cool um and that you also, you know, like playing with feminine archetypes and exploring those and then journeying with your blood. And like, you know, I, I don't know, I'm, I've just always found it quite easy to see the grey in things and the middle line and to embody and understand all different, many different perspectives and to be able to hold um, opposing ideas at the same time. I, I find that actually quite grateful quite easy but I know not everybody feels like that I think that if more and more people could learn to like understand that um you know things that might appear to be at at, at, you know at opposite ends of the spectrum and can actually coexist quite happily and and I you know bringing it back to the menstrual cycle I I believe that that work teaches us that that we can play in 
our beautiful, sweet, innocent, light energy and that purity and that like sweet innocence like that is that is alive within all of us and we can also like travel to the depths of the underworld and encounter our monster and our like ugliness and our like bitch and our like you know all of that can can exist and we can be the like slutty mother and we can be like the very wise elder like all like it can just all coexist and I see that very clearly yeah I think it would be a tough time if you if you couldn't. I think actually life would be quite hard if you saw things in a more binary black and white way. Yeah. And I, I have to like for me, it's been a like a real lifelong journey not to be bin- like have that binary view and the black and white potentially just that's part of my personality. It's maybe the way I was brought up very perfectionist all those traits so and for me the menstrual cycle has been incredible for that you know like everything you just said I'm like yes I can be this and this and I can do this and this and it 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 feels so good on that lands you know you're just like yeah I can wake up and be pissed off with the world today and hate this not hate people whatever it is and then Mm. the next day it's completely different and there's no like you know Am I am I a bit crazy? Am I a bit this? It's not about that. I'm like, yeah, I'm like not even multi-dimensional. I'm like triple, quadruple dimensional. <laughs> got, you know what I mean? And I love, I love that about that's what menstrual cycle work has really brought them to me and just really been so helpful. Um, so mm. yeah, I love that you've brought that up. Thank you. Mm. Yeah, it's such sweet medicine, that one. Mm. Huge, mm. huge, huge, huge. Yeah. 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 And I guess that kind of leads in quite nicely to the second thing we kind of wanted to get your, yeah, to hear about from you, because you are just someone who um, really kind of like walks your walk and, and you do the things that you say you're going to do. So how, yeah, Julieta, you wanted to, to ask that. Maybe you could frame that in the way that that made sense for you. Yeah, so um, it's good. It's hard to put into words, but what I wanted to say was sort of like you always come across as, like Nat said, you truly embody and live the cyclical life. Like you really, you know, if you say you're going to take six months off social media, you go and you do it. You know, and you're it's it's really inspiring because you know sometimes I say I'm going to do things. And them I'm saying I'm going to rest on my bleed and then there I am ticking a to-do list you know and and things like that so I think it's like you know how I I suppose it's like the first question how did you get to that point have you always been like that do you still have internal conflicts you know how do you show up so authentically in in your cyclical living practices and way of being there, mm. that, there it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, cool. Good question. Um, you know, as you were just asking that question, Julieta, I was I was thinking about my younger self. And there's a part of when I look back on like Men Art Claire, there's a part that I kind of cringe about, which is this really like um A plus student, you know, like really like we kind of want to say like goody two shoes because that's what I was Mm -hmm. and and I sometimes judge that part of myself that part that just really wanted to do a good job (laughs) 
And and sometimes I call it people pleasing and sometimes I call it perfectionist. And often there I actually say those things in quite a critical way. And I've and lately I've been trying not to do that. I've been trying not to like pathologize this like part of myself that just wanted to like take good care of whatever I was working on and to have integrity. And so I'm, I'm, at the moment I'm, I'm playing with this in my own mind of like where am I people pleasing and where am I trying to do everything perfectly and where am I actually just someone who likes to show up to the things that they say that they're going to do and the more I ask that question the more I actually find that I am just naturally quite self-motivated and I do take a lot of care with a lot of things, not with everything. I mean, there are some things in my life that I'm incredibly like, like spatial awareness <laughs> is not my strong point. <laughs> I, you know, I can be really forgetful and really messy and really like, you know, annoying and I just leave cups of tea everywhere or like, you know, hair ties and stuff. Like I'm just, it can be a, such a mess with, with stuff. But when something really, like when it really matters, when it has meaning, I've always found it pretty easy to show up to that actually. And as I've progressed in my career, I've noticed that it pays off. Mm. You know, it really pays off to care for the work that you're doing, care about the work, care about the people who you're working with and who you're serving to really give a shit, right? Like I stopped coaching a couple of years ago because I just noticed that I just was not showing up in the same way anymore. I, I really needed a break and I noticed that I was becoming resentful and I was becoming a bit sloppy with my preparations, say, for example, before a session or like it just wasn't my heart, just wasn't in, in the same way anymore. And, um, and I took a break and I can slowly feel the call to, to kind of reopen my books. But that's just one example of like I had no idea what I was going to do when I stopped coaching, but I just knew I needed, I just, it just wasn't, I just was not in, in integrity anymore. And, and I really keep that like barometer, I guess. I really notice it in my body, you know, that feeling of like, Ugh, I just don't want to do this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, I've always been very clear, like, if I'm going to work for myself and take on the risks and the frustrations and the like uncertainty of that, because let's be honest, like working for yourself is not always a walk in the park, Mm. then I'm really going to do it in a way that feels good to me. And I'm going to do work that I really care about that I actually want to show up for. Because if I don't care about something, (laughs) I just Mm. won't do it. I just won't. I just do not care right now that like the cushions on my sofa are all over the place. It's just a total mess. But I really care about, you know, showing up to have this conversation with the two of you. So I just find that the easiest way for me to show up is to choose to do things that I really want to do. And then it's easy. Um, And that might sound incredibly privileged and and it is. You know, it really is. And I totally acknowledge that because I'm really lucky to be able to mostly only choose to do things in my work that I that I want to do and to be able to say, you know, fuck this, I'm taking like a break off Instagram and then actually do it because I don't need it to survive. You know, I, I feel really grateful that I'm, I'm resourced in that way. Um, yeah. What do you like? 
I you know you asked about like you know say if you decide you go into bleed and then you rest and then you don't you know always rest you know I do that I you know that happens I think that's really normal like by no means perfect and I think that um I'm pretty easy on myself compared to how I used to be if there's one thing that has really changed I think it's that I think I used to be a lot harder on myself when I said I was you know going to for example rest on my bleed and then that didn't happen now I'm I don't know, maybe I don't take things as seriously as I used to, but I can be a lot more gentle. And that's definitely something I've cultivated over time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Gentleness, I think, is is yeah. one of the words that's beautiful to navigate the cycle with and just sort of always remember because you can go into it like a bit like crazy, which is what I've done in the past. Um, I wanted to just... Because I know you were talking, Claire, about like, you know, you, you're, you're able to do this in your business, which is definitely one of the advantages of being self-employed mm-hmm. when you're able to, to do all of the things that you enjoy doing and to really exercise that kind of sovereignty and, um, and will. But what about outside of your life? So, I mean... I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing because you've been doing this for such a long time and because it is just like a massive part of your life, I'm guessing that the people around you maybe don't question when, you know, you would be like, no, I'm not doing that because <laughs> of whatever to do with my cycle. <laughs> but um, how do you, I guess the, maybe the question is like, how do you compromise, right? Because obviously, I mean, you're married now, you, you live with your partner there are the outside world and we know mm-hmm. that the world is not necessarily set up for, mm-hmm. <laughs> for people who bleed. Um, so how do you compromise? Like, how do you, like I'm using that word again, reconcile. How do you mm-hmm. like bring the side of you that is like, I want to do what turns me on, what lights me up, what I mm-hmm. think is great, what I know works for me and my body and my rhythm along with the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. people that you live yeah. with. And do you like if you yeah. do you feel that you're able to do that most of the time? Is it something you've had to really, really compromise on? Like what's your setup? Mm, pretty lucky with Alex. I'm I definitely married a very sensitive and open guy who has been from literally our first date just so interested in this work. Like he like the penny really drops for him when when I explained to him what I do I could just see like past relationships suddenly making sense and just this like ah okay I get it you know and he like he loves telling people about what I do and and explains it all really well like he he understands it um but that doesn't mean that there isn't some conflict sometimes you know I'm thinking right now about a um gosh we it was first day of my bleed a few months ago and we decided to go to the sauna we pre-booked it and then my I started my period a bit earlier than I thought I would and and I really overrode my body's no because I didn't really want to go but at the same time you know we'd both been busy and I wanted to have that time together that we'd planned so I was like no let's go so we went to the sauna and oh god I was just in the foulest mood coming home I was in you know I was in pain my body really didn't he didn't want to go and do that, but I had said, like, I just want to spend time with him. It's kind of, I'll just take it easy. And I was just, oh my God, I remember just walking home and it felt like there was just like a bowling ball in my pelvis. Like I just, my body was just like, oh, I just want to be at home cold up. Like, why did you make me leave the house? And 
Alex wanted to get back for a yoga class that he had booked and I was just walking really slowly and we just had this huge argument in the street because he was just like, hurry up. And I'm like, I'm bleeding. He's like, we should have just stayed at home. And he was totally right. I should have just stayed at home. But in that, you know, I just decided to to go anyway. And and so it's in those moments where I, and I was so angry. I was like, you don't have to think about this. Like you don't have to ever, you're never going to know how this feels. And I think that's something I've realized is that like, if you, if you've never had a period and you're never going to get one, you're just never going to be able to fully understand. And so absolutely there are moments where I just get so annoyed and angry. And I see this a lot, um, where sometimes in those moments we can, those of us who bleed can sometimes project all of our frustrations about, you know, the rest of the world not getting it onto that one person in front of us, you know, who doesn't beat a man or anyone else who doesn't menstruate. And it, it, yeah, the, anger is, the anger is valid. I think sometimes it's misdirected. And in that case, I definitely, you know, was yeah. entitled to feel angry, but I, was, I wasn't taking responsibility for the fact that I also had overridden what I my body really wanted to do so there you know totally moments like that in my friendship circle it's really cute my friend um and Ben has pinpointed that between days six and ten of my menstrual cycle is the best time to get me to stay out for a drink mm-hmm. so like if we're out like having dinner or something he'll often just ask like he's like where are you in your cycle because he's noticed that like if I'm in that phase and that like really yummy spring phase that I'm way more likely to stay out later and like have a party and, and be quite fun to the point where he's asked me to like put it into his calendar so that he can like see when I'm like going to be more fun. It's really sweet, you know, and he asks, you know, at other girlfriends in our friendship circle all the time as well, like, you know, so where are you? And I think people who don't bleed do they want to, like, I think, you know, in my experience, like they do often want to understand. So like mates who I have, you know, who are guys or they, they're like, they want to get it and understand that they never fully really can. But I, you know, I, I share this really openly and, um, and I think that helps, you know, it does start with us. Like it helps to have that awareness of yourself to begin with and then to be able to communicate it. And I find it easier when I, when I am honest with people, but you know, again, my friend Ben and my another friend of mine years ago, right, they asked me what I wanted for my birthday, and I said I wanted red bed linen mm. for when I had my period, so that I could like you know bleed into like you know and just be in my red bed linen. And this was you know within a couple of years of knowing each other, and I know they thought it was just absolutely like crazy and weird, but you know they went along with it and just did it. And I think sometimes. We have to like allow our weirdness out and show people who we are, you know, show our loved ones who we are and what we're into. And it doesn't matter if they don't necessarily get it. I think we need to give people a bit more space to to maybe, you know, to, to learn, to take their time learning and getting getting to understand and getting to know it, you know, like it doesn't, they don't have to get it right away. And, and giving people a bit of grace too I think really helps but I actually find you know I find myself to be my biggest hurdle when it comes to living with my cycle if I'm really honest like I am the one who gets in my own way it's not really other people 
to be honest. And, and I know that's not true for everybody, but that's my experience is that if I, again, like that sauna example, if I've decided to go to a sauna when I know that it's not really what my body wants to do, I'm, you know, I'm the one that needs to take responsibility for that. And, and often it's me and it's my perception or assumptions about how other people might be. And I don't give them the opportunity to actually you know, I assume that somebody will, won't be comfortable with me talking about my period or assume that somebody will be annoyed if I have to reschedule dinner plans because I've started bleeding. And so, you know, I make these, you know, it's easy to make these assumptions. I think we just, if we could all practice being more aware, being more honest with each other and then giving each other grace, I think we could, we could relate more easily as like beings who menstruate and those who don't. The other thing I'll say is that I think what's really helpful in my marriage is that Alex um is quite connected to his feminine energy and understands the need for a cyclic approach to life on the whole mm. and he gets the importance of rest and the importance of pleasure and he's you know he's quite um familiar with those ideas i think that men and i'll use the word men here and and you know and masculine beings are also deeply deprived of their feminine essence and of cyclic understandings and of a huge interest of my own at the moment is how can I actually bring men and male bodies into this work for them to connect with their own cyclic nature and their own their feminine energy and um, incorporate more rest and play and pleasure into their life because I, I really believe that when it's embodied and understood in that way then it's more you know then we can be more easily generous with other people we, we understand each other there's more empathy so mm. Yeah, they're my thoughts on that. So really good question though. Mm. I love that. Mm. I love that. I love the idea of you and Alex just walking down the street having a fight. It's like, oh, it's oh. just so normal. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think of the times me and Simon have just been like, you know, and it just, yeah. And that there is, I guess, this thing of, of exactly like what Julietta said at the beginning about, you know, even if you're so deeply connected with this work you can sometimes forget where you are in your cycle or maybe lose that connection and and it even if you're so into this work you can sometimes just still trip yourself up and it was just such a it just felt like such a normal like I could just imagine it as just like oh just just normal life it's just normal normal relating to have like a day where you're just pissed and just like you know it's your fault like mm-hmm. oh, okay I could relate to that so thank you mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you for sharing that it's um I think lots of people are going to be able to like <laughs> resonate yeah. with that for sure yeah I, I really hope I you know I would never want to um present the idea that I get this like right and perfect all the time because sometimes I go to bed at 1am because I don't know I've just stayed up doing stuff Uh, even though I know full well it's better if I go to sleep before 10pm at night like I don't know you know we can know all of these things and then we still sometimes we push we push our limits and I don't think we can really know what our boundaries are until we cross them and so it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay for it to be a bit messy because then I know full well now probably sauna on day one (laughs) not a good idea you know, and I like I've got that evidence now, and so I'm less likely to make that choice again. Or maybe I will, and that's okay too. You know, like it's not about having this perfectly synced cycle all the time, and and living, you know, in this perfect alignment with 
in the world or even within ourselves. Like I said, I can definitely be my biggest barrier and hurdle, but um, I'm okay with that as well. You know, it is what it is. I, it's all right because <laughs> most of the time I'm my best ally, right? So, like, most of the time I am my best advocate. Um, it's okay if there are some times when that doesn't always happen. I'm human. Hmm. Love it. Yes. I Love think Love that, that is, yeah, really a beautiful place I feel to naturally start maybe just wrapping I mean we could obviously talk for a very 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 long time <gasps> and you know if you were oh open we'd love to have you back again at some mm, point to talk we, we've already everybody we've already talked to is like right well they have to come back like <laughs> <laughs> so the hour is um, just not long enough <laughs> no it's not it's not it's not um but I, I also I'm really excited to see that it how your project or it's not really project but this calling in more men into this space mm. is going to unfold that is really really exciting for me and I'm, I'm just yeah I can't can't wait to see what, what happens there because it's very very needed really really needed yeah it really is isn't it I just it's just clicked for me very recently actually and as often as these things happen it's sort of landed within me and then I've suddenly had all of these requests for it I'm like okay there is definitely something here because ultimately I really see menstrual cycle awareness yes it is about um re-establishing feminine values in our on our planet and within our own bodies but it, it, it is it's both it's the masculine and the feminine it's the integration of the two and as we discussed earlier around faith and, and certainly with, you know, within our own menstrual cycle awareness practice, I really see that like this is a great moment to bring men into this conversation and to really include them. And not only just, like I said earlier, it's not just about telling them how it is, right? It's like inviting them to actually explore and discover their own cyclic nature and their own feminine energy and from that place actually cultivate a real and rich understanding and, and empathy and a space to connect on not just like here's what I've learned here it is that's yeah. you know one part of it but but what if we could actually all meet somewhere real you know very real and like and give them that medicine too that we've all been like drinking in <laughs> all of these years now like what if we could give that to them because that's what I see to be the most useful in my own relationship is when like Alex gets to say to me um well actually I'm in my spring right now because it's 11 a.m so could you just like not like I just need to not be distracted right now because I need to focus on work or when he's like I'm really tired I'm in my winter so just like give me some space Amazing. <laughs> you know like it's when we can give them this language and these understandings as well to, to actually embody it like that's when we can really relate in a much more dynamic and nourishing way I think mm, I love that and I cannot honestly I cannot wait <laughs> it's gonna be because uh, funnily enough like I don't have a lot of male followers but they're the ones that send me the little dms the secret yeah. ones or like friends of friends who will approach me in the pub you mm -hmm. know and they, they've had a few drinks and their tongues are a bit looser I'm like, okay, <laughs> 
things and I'm like we're loving this and you have a real thirst for this too don't you and I it really fills my heart with so much joy but you know obviously creating that that space for mm-hmm. for men to come in and have those conversations oh, and including them and, and acknowledging the cyclical mm-hmm. masculine cycle everything oh can't wait can't wait can't yeah, wait cool I appreciate the encouragement oh <laughs> Um, so I think if 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 I think we've gone to the hour, so you know, in traditional podcast times, mm-hmm. let's kind of maybe wrap up. We we love to finish with this question, um, which we want to ask all our guests, which is where do you feel most at home in the cycle? Um, I would say I would have always said hmm, menstruation and ovulation typically have always been like in those two poles of the cycle I think when there's something happening there's something I can kind of like get my teeth stuck into and I feel quite grounded by that I've always felt more at home with the release of either an egg or or the blood that's always been my natural home but at the moment I don't know if that's true at the moment I would say it's kind of more where I am now about a week past ovulation the like intensity of the fertile window has closed and I can just like ah breathe out you know be my weird self in the <laughs> premenstruum and um I've been working a lot of with my naturopath on um on my like on my overall well-being and I'm just finding this point in the cycle is just like I'm just thriving in a way that I have encountered before at different times but it's such a gift I think when when the premenstruum has been a place that has been quite tumultuous and and painful, to then feel the real gifts of it and really be able to just embody it in a really yummy way, like that's where I feel like I am at the moment. And I'd say I feel most at home. I don't think I've ever felt at home in my in my spring. I think it's probably the only place in the cycle I haven't felt at home is in pre-ovulation. So um, maybe that will come. But for now, I'd say yeah, mid premenstruum. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I like literally could just stay here for the rest of the day. Um, (laughs) Is there anything that you've got going on right now that people can get involved with, or where can people find you? (laughs) Because I'm sure they're going to want (laughs) to. Yeah, great question. Um, so I'm at yeah, funny point in my career where I'm not, like I said, I'm not coaching right now, and I'm not teaching a lot of live courses. I do have, I do have the intention of teaching some more live, um, like workshop style um, journeys alongside my courses. So at clairebaker.com slash courses there are all of my courses that are available for self-study and like I said I'm my intention is to bring in some more live components over the next six months otherwise my facilitated training which um that you are a mentor in um that will run again in in 2023 and enrollments for that will open later in the year so if anyone listening is interested in learning how to integrate menstrual cycle awareness into their practice as a facilitator or to become a cycle coach then that is um then i'd love to invite you to come and join us for next year's intake that's my biggest project at the moment and like yeah as we said hopefully bringing some more men into my world so keep an eye out for that so clairebaker.com on instagram my handle is underscore clairebaker underscore and i would definitely recommend 
subscribing to my newsletter. There's lots of free resources available when you do that. And that way you get updated when courses do go live and when my coaching books will open again. Thank you, Claire. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And we're looking already looking forward to the next conversation. And please go and enjoy the sunshine, the heat, yeah. and everything else. Yay! <laughs> we'll do. You too, darlings. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please help us spread the menstrual cycle love by rating and leaving us a review and sharing this with anyone who you think needs to hear it.